It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. It's interesting to see Premier John Horgan uh, addressing the NDP convention on the mm-hmm. weekend. It was not an in-person event. It was all sort of done all virtual, virtual yep. online. And, you know, traditionally, the leader of the party, of course, makes a big keynote speech to the party convention. And he did that virtually online, did about a, like a 20-minute speech uh, to the party members online. And he, he touched on his uh, his battle with throat cancer. Let me just play that part here for you, get your thoughts. So here's John Horgan speaking to the NDP convention. As you've heard, I've been diagnosed with throat cancer, and I will be getting treatments in the next uh, number of days to address that. The prognosis is very, very good. Uh, 90% recovery based on the treatment plan that we have in place, so I'm very optimistic for the future. That's the first time I've heard him talk about a percentage recovery rate for what yeah. he has, 90%. Very which is, encouraging. Well, it shows it's serious, though, too. Yep, uh, but it was encouraging to see him actually uh, making a virtual appearance like yeah. that. Uh, he has been in the office a couple times uh, in the last sh- short while. Uh, again, uh, I'm told that again he he's been active on Twitter, making dad jokes, bad dad jokes on on Twitter, which shows he's still uh, got his hand in the game. But it's uh, it was encouraging and good for him that he's making a public appearance. Yeah, and he also talked. He does a kind of traditional uh, political rah rah rally speech at a political convention. Here he is talking about um, some of the things that he he's happy with what he's achieved in government during the pandemic. Our government made record investments in testing and contact tracing in personal protective equipment, purchasing uh, equipment for frontline workers to keep them safe. We provided more direct support for people than any other province in the country. And we provided assistance to renters, to small businesses, and also helped people stay on the jobs. An historic BC recovery benefit helped families and single parents with up to $1,000 for families and $500 for individual. You know, as I was watching this on the weekend, uh, it just occurred to me that this is a guy who at one point didn't really even want the job. You know, he didn't he didn't want it. He had to be sort of talked into running Back for in leader. opposition days. It's a yeah. it's a notable contrast, the John Horgan of opposition and the John Horgan as premier, two totally different people. Yeah. Uh was a very reluctant opposition leader. It was that job was sort of thrust upon him. He was uh Remember he fr- ran for it twice. Remember he, he ran yep. once and was defeated. Defeated by Adrian Dix. By Dix. And then he didn't really want to run again and he was inc- he was basically talked into it. He was sort of yeah, sort of anointed almost. Yeah. And and again he was very frustrated as an opposition leader because opposition comes with no power. He'd been part of government in the nineties, so he was used to being in government. Then he's in opposition with no power. And he resented, uh, I think, being sort of um, asked for his position on so many issues when really at the end of the day his position didn't matter that much because it had no impact on, on things. So by his own admission, he thought a very frustrating existence as opposition leader. But since he became premier, like I say, I don't think I've ever found – I've covered 10 premiers. I don't think anyone has enjoyed the job as much as John Horgan has. Yeah, and and who could have predicted what he would be dealing with at this point as premier? I mean, you've got these multiple – the, you got the pandemic now. We've got the weather, flooding, the flooding disaster. We had the heat dome. So he's he's dealt with all these public emergencies. And then he, has, and then he gets cancer at the same time. He's fighting with yeah. It's cancer. an extraordinary situation. I mean, yeah. unprecedented. Uh, but uh, it's just fascinating to watch this these events unfold. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we continue to follow that closely. Now, speaking of provincial politics, is uh, have you noticed or do you detect that? The atmosphere is just getting nastier. I mean, we continue to see more threats against politicians. We had the forest minister mm-hmm. leaving the legislature the other day, knocked to the ground by someone. Police are investigating. There was a rally on the front steps of the legislature where politicians were hung 
Yeah, these were, these were anti-vaxxers. It was a very ugly situation last Thursday. Uh, these anti-vaxxers usually gather down on Belleville Street in front of the legislature across the lawn. For some reason, they were allowed to come up on the steps of the legislature. Uh, they hung four uh, effigies uh, with John Horgan's face on one of them. I think the other ones were Farnworth Dix and Dr. Henry calling for um, one of the speakers there equating the vaccines to uh, the Holocaust and pointing out that doctors who have participated in uh, Nazi uh, medicine uh, situations were executed and called for the same to happen here. It was absolutely disgusting. It was, uh, you know, again, even the, even the guards here, the, the, the police uh, protective services people I was talking to were absolutely disgusted by this. And we're all wondering, protest or protest, and we're always allow protests of the legislature. Yeah. But to have someone come on and sort of promote executing doctors who are vaccinating people on the front steps of the legislature seems to me is completely over the line. Let's have a listen to Global News reporter Simon Little here describing the, the rally and the effigies that were hung there. Have a listen to this. Social media video from Thursday in Victoria shows figures representing the premier and two senior ministers being hanged in effigy by people at an anti-vax protest outside the legislature. The rally organizer told Global News the people who showed up with the disturbing effigies were not invited to the event. Others online have said that it wasn't threatening. Okay, well, I mean, so now they're saying, well, you know, these people weren't worth this. We didn't no, invite them. No, they're no, right up on the steps. They're right on the steps. They're, they're behind the speakers. And also, right. the effigies are one thing. They had a speaker there, again, talking about executing doctors. Uh. This was beyond effigies. This was this was hate speech. Uh, one has to wonder whether a hate crime was committed on the front steps of legislation. Well, the other thing, when I mean, you take a look at the criminal code and uttering threats is made in the criminal code, uttering, making uttering threats, threatening to kill people is mm -hmm. illegal. No, no the, again, this I mean, is a, disgust, a disgusting display, but we're seeing this, you know, we saw... We've seen this anti-vax protesters again. Uh, we saw it in Prince George, I think, last yeah. week, uh, harassing people at a vaccination clinic. For kids. Yeah, for kids. Yeah. And, and we're so, North Bay, Ontario, saw an, another similar ugly incident. Uh, these people are just, uh, I mean, to be, put it kindly, they're misguided, but to put it uh, less charitably, they are propagating hate. Uh, it was a disturbing thing to see. And you know, take a look at some of what's happening in some of the other parties. So here is, this is Liberal MLA John Halford. No, tr Trevor Halford. Trevor Halford in conversation with Global News here, talking about how uh, someone showed up at his office with a pipe. Have a listen to this. The gentleman had come back here um, after we'd previously talked to him, and he was in a very, very agitated state. You know, he was—he had a pipe, and he was—he was hitting the office and uh, hitting the side of the wall here and and over there. Okay, he had like a lead pipe and was acting in a threatening way. Well, that's different than the anti-vax rally. The anti-vax rally was an organized uh, rally. This seemed to, uh, Trevor um, communicated with me about this. Was why we did this story because he thought this was sort of a, a mental health issue with one of his constituents, and he's you know he's the critic for that portfolio. He says he has compassion for this person um, and thinks there needs to be better treatment for this type of situation. But this is. 
This is different. I'm not sure what the circumstances are with Forest Minister Katrine Conroy. The police are still investigating. What's that. the latest on that? Now she's the for, she's the forest minister, and she was all the all the police have said is that she was knocked to the ground. Well, she had a concussion. She got a concussion. Uh, she doesn't. Rem- she has some memory loss issues wow. with the incident. Uh. Police are looking for a good Samaritan who came to her aid, and they're trying to find this person to who was a witness to this uh, this assault. But again, what happened with uh, Trevor Halford's office and Katrine Conroy seems to be different, significantly different than what happened on the front. We don't know the motivation for for these attacks, though, right? I mean, we don't know whoever it was that knocked this cabinet minister down. We don't know why they did that. Because she's been someone who's been targeted by protesters, at, at least for government policy. You know, by over the government's old growth logging policies in British oh, Columbia. The, 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 so one of the first things that occurred to me was this: was this a protester who went up to her? We don't know, yeah, though. Uh, no, you, you think it's a mental health? Thing? I, given the situation around the legislature, I think it's probably not a protester. Even though the Ferry Creek protesters are a regular uh, presence at the legislature, but they're. Yeah. They're a very peaceful group of people, so uh, I'd be very surprised. What about, what about the, the days when they were blocking the, the doors to the legislature, not letting people oh, those in? Those weren't the same pushing people. people around. Those weren't the same people. Okay. All right. Uh, Omicron in Ontario. What's going yes, on? Yes, keep, keep a nervous eye on this. Uh, talked to health officials yesterday. They are worried what they're seeing in Ontario. The surge, almost 1,500, was it 1,500 cases today yeah. uh, of COVID? That's without well, o- about 20% are Omicron. Omicron is starting to explode around parts of the world. Uh, we've only had, as of Friday, 10 cases in B.C., but that doubled in just a few days. So we'll see what happens in B.C. But Ontario and Quebec, the numbers there are, are soaring with COVID-19. At a time when you've got high vaccination rates, you still have a lot of COVID. And that's concerning. Theresa Tam, the uh, uh, federal uh, uh, chief public health officer, is having a news conference this morning worried about the healthcare system being overwhelmed in parts of the country because of this explosion in cases. Could there be more restrictions on the way? I think there'll be more. There's very good likelihood of more restrictions in Ontario. I'm not sure about BC. We're going to get modeling tomorrow from Dr. Bonnie Henry showing where we're at and where we're expected to go. It's encouraging that in BC, our case numbers are dropping, our hospitalizations are dropping, our ICU numbers are dropping, our death numbers are dropping. But that could all change very quickly. And again, when you look at what's happening in Ontario and Quebec, and then you factor in interprovincial travel, more people are traveling for the holidays right now, flying in and out of Ontario and Quebec into BC. We'll see what happens. All right, welcome back to the show. It's Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Phone lines are open to him, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Courtney calling from Langley. Hi. Uh, hi there. Uh, just a question for you. I uh, love the show. Always listen to it, by the way. Um, when I'm returning from Canada internationally, I realize I have to get the PCR test negative within 72 hours, but the test that I get upon arrival at the airport, is there a cost to that? And do I have to make an appointment? Um, well, this is the one, well, they're giving the test at the airport, right? Yeah. I don't think you make an appointment for that. Right. So I, I believe that the testing is occurring when you arrive in Canada you then must quarantine until you get the result, which could be 24 hours. As for the, co- is there a cost for it? Do they charge you for the test? You know, I, I'm not, I'm not sure to be I'm honest. Sure. I don't think you are charged on, on that situation so. at the airport. This is, a, I think, it's a cost borne by the government. Well, yeah, and and the thing is too, like I've heard from a lot of people. I got a ton of emails just on the weekend from people who are saying they were at YVR and they were not tested. 
and are they saw or they were tested and they saw other people who were not who were just waved through now the deal on that is the feds have said we're ramping up to 100 percent testing on arrival in canada we had a caller last week arriving from paul springs who says there was random testing of about half the uh half the passenger manifest right okay so uh, for someone who has received the mandatory test at yvr please uh, please give me a call on that okay and let me know if they charged you for it i don't think they do star 9898 in your cell bob and chilliwack hi yeah, it makes me glad I can't afford to travel. But anyway, uh, two quick uh, <laughs> questions. Um, what shape is Miss Conroy in as of now? Has anybody got an update on her? And secondly, if we have to live with a, a SARS-based species of virus going forward, like we live with the flu, how do we fare under those circumstances? Like, how do we operate? How do we mm. run our economy? Good, you know, good, I just... good questions. Uh, as for the minister, haven't got an update other than she did have a concussion and she had some some memory loss of the, of the event. Haven't heard anything since that. Uh, other than she's, I think she's resting at home. In terms yeah. of um, living with this virus, that's a very good question. I mean, Omicron is so infectious, three times more transmissible than Delta, which is more transmissible than the original COVID-19 uh, uh, strain, is that if this does become the new flu, um, do we learn to live with it? And as we learn to live with it, does it simply die out as the Spanish flu did? The Spanish flu, there was no vaccines for the Spanish flu. It just simply died or morphed into, mutated into something else. And that's very well what we see with uh, with COVID-19. Who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I think at some point you, you almost have to live with it. And, and effectively, we're living with it now. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes forward. As for Katrine Conroy, the forest minister here, she recovers. I was told the same thing, that she's resting at home. Um, not ready to speak publicly about it. Uh, you, you've been told that she suffered a concussion, it mm-hmm. appears. Uh, it's a bit frustrating story, though, because there's a lot of missing pieces to what exactly happened here. We don't know precisely, precisely where it happened. We don't know if there's any apparent motivation. Did someone mm-hmm. say anything to her when this happened? No, we don't, we don't there's know. a lot of questions that are still that. unanswered about it. Uh, the Victoria police are investigating. Terry in New West. Hey, Terry. Yeah, Merry Christmas, you guys. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, these anti-vaxxers, I mean, it's fine to protest, but um, I, there's politicians in the past that I've, I've disliked. I couldn't stand Bill Bennett. And every time I saw the guy, I just wanted to smash my TV. I'll be honest, I couldn't stand him. But I'm not going to go out in public and do something like show a picture of Bill Bennett hanging from uh, like, uh, you know, like uh, from a rope or something. That's, right. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's like uh, almost like a criminal act. If you don't like a politician, that's fine. You know, um, go vote against them. Go support the other party. Volunteer for them. But, um, you know, you guys are crossing the line a bit uh, when you're doing stuff like that. It's okay to be angry at people in authority, but when you use criminal acts like blocking hospital uh, entrances so evidences can't come in and out, that's a bit much. Yep. Thank no, you. Thanks for the call. Totally agree with you. Uh, again, uh, every week, I think it's on every Wednesday, we have a small knot of anti-vax uh, people sure. gather on the, on the front uh, street of the legislature. And they've been doing that for weeks, and no one really has a problem with that. What they did on Thursday is on the front steps of the legislature with speakers advocating uh, basically violence against doctors and then hanging politicians in effigy was completely that's different. Like, that's like a death threat. You know, in my opinion, and I think you have to preserve the right to protest. I think people yep. should be allowed to we protest. We protest all the time. You the have to have that. You have to have that. But this um, one, I think, crossed the line. But hi- hanging politicians in effigy is, is, I think, is grotesque. Bob in Nanaimo. Bob, you got 30 seconds. 
Hey, I just wanted to tell you guys that I landed midweek from L.A. in Vancouver. I had to get tested randomly. It was administered by Life Labs. There was absolutely no charge for it. Yeah, and okay. it, went, it was right after customs. It went really quickly. How, lo- how long did it take Thanks, for Bob. you to get the result? Uh, I got the results uh, about three days later. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah no thanks charge. for the clarification, Bob. That's uh, that's helpful information. 